Welcome to the Biopractica Professional Podcast Series. Biopractica is an Australian-owned, practitioner-only brand focusing on nutritional and herbal products proven to play a role in preventative medicine. Biopractica is committed to supporting healthcare professionals in developing their knowledge and skills so they can confidently and effectively tackle the major health challenges facing their patients today. To support this commitment, the Learning Hub was established by Biopractica to offer practitioners a collection of educational resources so they can stay informed on the latest in health science research. Welcome, I'm Paul Kern, and today our topic is calcifidiol, vitamin D with a greater than threefold efficiency. And my guest is Brenda Rosenfeld. Brenda is a naturopath, nutritionist, medical herbalist, clinical mentor, and lecturer with over 18 years clinical experience. She also spent 10 years as an intensive care registered nurse. Brenda specialises in the holistic management of cardiometabolic dysfunction and autoimmune disease. Her focus as a clinician is on correcting the underlying imbalances that may be contributing to the development and or progression of these chronic illnesses. In her clinical practice, Brenda bridges the divide between orthodox medicine and holistic natural medicine and helps patients attain the best from both treatment paradigms. I'd also like to note, though, she is a truly holistic practitioner and works with patients on mental, emotional and physical levels to begin the process of healing. As a speaker and educator, Brenda presents clinically relevant, engaging materials to help healthcare practitioners easily and effectively utilise the latest scientific information for the benefits of their patients. Welcome, Brenda. Hello, Paul. Hello, everyone. It's wonderful to be here, and thank you for that wonderful introduction, and my heart is singing. Fantastic. It's great to actually have a chat with you again, Brenda. I've, I've known Brenda for many years and uh, I always find our, our discussions, uh, you know, really, I, I guess, educational in, in so many levels for me. So uh, thank you for taking the time to share your experience with our listeners today. So let's hop into the first question. And that is that I guess today we're discussing a particular form of supplemental vitamin D, calcifidiol. Can you explain what exactly calcifidiol is? Absolutely. Calcifidiol is the circulating form of vitamin D in the body. And therefore, a calcifidiol D supplement would be a highly bioavailable form of vitamin D. Cholecalciferol, on the other hand, which is the most common supplement, is absorbed through the lymphatic pathway. Calcifidiol, though, is absorbed via the portal vein circulation. It has a higher rate of intestinal uptake, does not need to be metabolized by the liver, and is more quickly available for use, increasing vitamin D levels faster than cholecalciferol. Right. Okay. So uh, it's really interesting. So it does seem that, you know, I, I, and I think it's important that you make this point that there are different ways of actually absorbing different forms of nutrients. And so obviously with this, there's a different way of absorbing it. But let's just take a step back. If I recall very, very, very early sort of days um, of, you know, uh, looking at nutrition, etc. you know, the concept was that vitamin D is great because it stops rickets. However, why why would you say, especially with our, our current knowledge here in 2022, why would you say vitamin D is so important for health? 
Vitamin D for me is a building block nutrient that I use in my practice. Why do I say that? It's such a vital component for the maintenance of homeostasis in a multitude of physiological functions and processes in the body. We can't survive without it. It's involved in so many things, for example, bone growth, bone mineralization, bone remodeling, with its role in calcium and phosphate absorption and utilization. It plays such an important role in reducing inflammation. And in practice, I see mostly chronic illness and cardiometabolic syndromes. So inflammation is such a key aspect of treatment. And one of the first things I always want to make sure is what is someone's vitamin D level? What do we need to do to raise it? It also supports the immune system. It's used in the prevention of autoimmune diseases and also in infection control, as well as neuromuscular function, glucose metabolism, of course, pregnancy and fetal development and cardiovascular health as well. So for me, it's an absolute staple in practice. Um, you, you talk, you know, we talk about it being that important. And of course, I, I want to ask you, are there specific sort of groups, you know, you talked about pregnancy there as possibly being a group where people might need more vitamin D. But before we get into that, do you do, you do a lot of vitamin D testing or do you rely on um, patients coming in with possibly blood they had done with their GP? Both. It depends on how recent the blood test was. So when mm patients come in to see me, I ask them to bring in their most recent blood tests if they've got copies of them. And depending on when that was done, I will refer for further vitamin D testing. If they're not able to get that done through their doctor, I can order it myself through the various labs that I use. I think it's so essential to get a baseline level. When we're working with our clients, we're working with them at such a deep level, trying to regain their homeostasis, trying to rebalance the dysfunction that's in their body. And for some of these very essential nutrients, having a baseline, I think, is essential because then we'll be able to track the progress, which will make a big difference in how they respond and recover. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So are there specific sort of population groups where, you know, a specific sort of person will come in and you'll say, okay, it's a male in his mid-40s, definitely checking his vitamin D or, or uh, yeah, you know, are there groups that you're looking for where you think it's more likely to be an issue? For me, it's going to be pretty much every single client. The reason that I say that is any client who presents with an autoimmune condition with a cardiometabolic condition, if they're coming in for preconception care or they are already pregnant, if they're a teenager and they're going through growth changes, even if they're a child and they're growing, if they've got blood sugar regulation problems, diabetes, anything at all, vitamin D is needed across the board and including in mental health. So for me, it's not the exception, it's the norm. And I want to know what their level is so that I can treated as needed. And I also know that in our society here in Australia, the slip, slop, slap 
has been so successful that people aren't getting enough vitamin D. And we also know that there are a percentage of the population who genetically are not good converters to active vitamin D in their body. So even though people will say, I'm outside, I'm getting sunshine, I'm doing what I need to do, are they covering up? Are they using sunscreen? What's their genetic profile like? What's their underlying health like? Because all of that's then going to give me the picture. Right. So because I was about to ask you, I saw recently a statistic saying that almost one in four Australians is vitamin D deficient. Um, you know, why is that likely? So you've mentioned uh, certainly I'll call it the slip slop slap campaign. Um, are, are there other reasons that might be leading to, you know, in a country where there's so much sun uh, that people do wind up vitamin D deficient? I do. I think so many people, and particularly in the last couple of years as well, people have been working from home very much mm. housebound, not mm -hmm. getting out into the sunlight, into the mm. sunshine. So that will absolutely be having an effect as well. Mm. I really believe that people would have been utilising their available stores at a potentially mm. much faster rate due to the stress, particularly of the last mm -hmm. few years. But if they have any conditions within their body, they're going to be utilising their vitamin D. And also for those people who, for cultural or religious reasons, cover their bodies, they can run the risk of becoming vitamin D deficient as well. Smokers can also be vitamin D deficient, and I think we need to be aware of that. And they're absolute medi absolutely medications that can contribute to a vitamin D deficiency, including corticosteroids, histamine antagonists, and also anticonvulsants. And I know for myself in practice, I treat a lot of people coming in who are on some form of steroid or immune suppressant. Mm. So to me, that's absolutely going to have an effect on their vitamin D level. So again, it's essential to test and absolutely treat. I look, definitely, and, and, and I guess that's the thing, you know, when you do sort of see a lot of people with autoimmune problems, obviously, you're more likely to see groups of the population where people are going to be uh, deficient. So I, I guess that's why I do want to know, if you are going to supplement with calciferdiol, how does that compare to supplementing with other forms of vitamin D? So what I found, I've been using it for a little while, and what I found is that it's very easy to use, one tablet a day, Compliance is fantastic with that. Ease of absorption is excellent. And what I've noticed is that the vitamin D level blood test results have jumped up very quickly and very easily just using one tablet a day. And I found that it's also because we need the lower doses, compliance is very good. And in a comparative study, calcifidiol was approximately threefold more efficient compared to vitamin D3 for raising right. vitamin D levels. So right. I think without actually 
changing any other markers. So I think we can, we'll see more and more as time goes on that using this form of supplement, which is absorbed so easily and so rapidly by the body, will go a long way to rapidly increasing vitamin D levels. And I think, you know, going into winter now, the risk of infection, the risk of flu, people wanting to start traveling again, the immune system's needing that additional support. And I think it's a valuable way in order to raise vitamin D levels. Right. So so how rapidly do you actually, would you expect people's vitamin D levels to rise, rise with calcifidol? It sounds to me almost as if, you know, even after a month, you could potentially retest and and get a i'll say a meaningful improvement uh, is that fair to say about a month or, or more or less that is fair to say what i've done though is i for purposes of today mm. i've done it for three month supplementation however if i was to go back and grab my client blood test results to actually go month by month I could show you over the six weeks to the three months what happened. So I've got two clients that I'd like to mention, both female. Right. One's a 63-year-old female who had had an initial vitamin D level of 39. Wow. Three months later, one tablet a day, her vitamin D level was 81. Wow. Wow. I know. That's, Client that's, that's, B, that's, that's, another yeah. female, 64 years of age. Her yeah. initial vitamin D level was 62. She's also got a lot of cardiovascular conditions. Three months later, her vitamin D level was 97. One right. tablet a day. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I'm very, I think, I think we're onto something here with it. And, and how many are you in a tablet? 400 is in one tablet, IU, right. compared to one vitamin D cholecalciferol of 1,000 mm. IU in the okay. comparison. In the comparison. Yep. Yep. Great. Okay. It's the, so it's the absorption that's so different mm. and it doesn't need to be metabolized by the liver. Mm -hmm. and, and as you mentioned earlier, there's people with genetic SNPs um, that won't activate and uh, metabolize uh, vitamin D quite as well. So obviously this is likely to be a benefit for those patients as well. Um, are, there, are there any instances or specific health conditions where supplementation with calcifidol, you would say is absolutely, uh, you know, you absolutely want to be using it? Yeah. So firstly, if I take a side that I see mostly chronic illness, autoimmune and cardiometabolic in practice, I mm -hmm. think anybody with a low vitamin D level would be right. would benefit from it across the board, especially because it's such a good compliance with only one tablet a day. I think, though, it would be also particularly beneficial in anyone with any type of malabsorption syndrome because you're not going to have to worry about that absorption process that way. It bypasses that so you've got a better chance of more quickly raising their vitamin D level. And certainly anyone taking medications interfering with that hepatic enzyme system, especially corticosteroids, anticonvulsants, etc. 
And I also think it may be particularly beneficial during winter months because it will rapidly increase the vitamin D over those three months for us. And we know that in winter, a lot of people's moods, their general health, people are more sedentary, they eat more, they don't take as necessarily good care of themselves. So if we can do something to support that, I think that would be great. And also, I think very beneficial to consider for postmenopausal women when we're wanting to support their bone health without necessarily affecting any other markers as well. Okay. Um, and I just want to go back to something we briefly touched on before, which is that um, calcifidol, I'll say having a higher potency, but I think you really sort of summed it up. You know, it's the absorption, it's the fact that the activated form. Um, and we did sort of talk just very briefly about using different dosages. Now, I, I want to clearly differentiate here that, you know, a patient might see a dosage as one tablet three times a day is different to one tablet twice a day. As practitioners, we would talk about, you know, um, the number of milligrams or international units. So with um, calcifidyl, you know, what, what is the um, dosage difference? So some prackies I know will use 1,000 IU of um, D3, you know, uh, three times a day to really build up levels. Yeah. Um, you were talking 400 before on calcifidyl, is that right? So calcifidyl is generally 400 IUs on the... Right. The, yes, 400 IUs. Ge as a general rule, I use one a day and TGA requirements, as we know on the bottles, are the one a day. However, as practitioners, we also know that sometimes we need to use more. So with regular vitamin D3, cholecalciferol that we've been utilizing in the past, it's not unusual for me to have prescribed five a day for a client, right. depending on what their vitamin D level is and what I'm needing to do for their body to support it. With calcifidiol, the one a day, I believe, is a very good starting point. Where we could look at maybe doing additional doses is if they were potentially under 30 on their blood mm -hmm. test, maybe even under 40, on their blood test, depending on what else is going on for the client. You would not need to utilize two tablets a day indefinitely though, because you then want to be able to repeat the blood test and then bring them back down to one a day. Right. Now there's another, I'll call it hot topic when it comes to vitamin D supplements. And of yeah. course, I'm sure you've heard of this, Brenda. I'm sure many of the listeners have as well. And that is that too much vitamin D could potentially cause calcium uh, deposits in soft tissue. Hence, we've started yeah. to see supplements where there's vitamin D and K2. Do we need to be using K2 as well in calcifidiol supplementation? I don't. I don't necessarily think so. I think what we could consider is utilising the calcifidiol when we're wanting to raise somebody's general vitamin D level because not everybody's going to be having cardiovascular issues or things like that. What we could then look at potentially is a separate vitamin D K supplement that's cholecalciferol and we could potentially utilize both 
or it could be a calcifidiol and vitamin K supplement or cholecalciferol and vitamin K supplement. So for me, working with cardiovascular clients or postmenopausal women, all those types of things with that concern, I would give them a calcifidiol and then I would give them a separate K. Right. whether it's K, generally K with vitamin D. And I think that mm -hmm. 1,000 IU vitamin D, it's not going to interfere with anything. It's not going to abnormal, you know, cause a, mm. a serious too high level of vitamin D in that way. Absolutely, absolutely. Look, we are almost out of time, Brenda, but I do have a final question. If listeners remember only one piece of information from this conversation, what would you like that to be? Thank you for asking that wonderful question. My takeaway from today, as a practitioner myself, we all have our favorite ways of treating clients and we've got ways that work, that we know work and we have had great success with our clients. Sometimes it can be a bit challenging to consider something new and to trial it and wait and observe the results. I think utilizing this form of supplement is one such way, one such thing to give a go. It's easily compliant for clients, the speed at which it works, the benefits to our clients, the overall cost will be cheaper as well. And I think for all those reasons, giving it a go then looking at the results in our patients, I think is really worthwhile considering. Look, that is fantastic, Brenda. Thank you so much for your time. I can't wait to head back to clinic and start using just a single um, capsule of calcifidyl once a day instead of possibly saying, oh, look, three of these um, cold calciferol tablets, you know, one, three times a day. As you've rightfully said, uh, less tablets are more. It gets a bit taxing for people if they're taking a number of them. And I loved it when you used that example that you've had some patients where you might have had them on five a day. But, um, that, you know, it does sound like the um, calcifidyl is going to be something that makes life easier for people and gives better results as well. Absolutely. Once again, I've had a marvellous time. Well, look, Anna, it's always a pleasure to chat with you. It truly, truly is. And I look forward to speaking with you again soon. And I look forward to everyone else tuning in to our next podcast. Thank you. Bye. To continue the conversation or find out more about our products and educational resources, please head to biopractica.com.au. Biopractica, empowering healthcare professionals.